As some of you may know, last month, I was in Cambodia with a small team from our church. Near the end of my part of the mission there, Ashling, who is also part of the team, who serves as our pastor of Family Life Ministries here, asked me the question, what has been the highlight of your time here? And I thought about it for a moment, and I said, listening to the personal stories of some of our Cambodia ministry partners. And tonight, I want to share one of those stories with you because it connects to the Christmas story. So while in, in Cambodia, I spent some time with this radiant young man named Darat. Darat serves as the leader of one of our partner ministries called Alongsiders, which ensures that no vulnerable child in Cambodia will walk alone, that they'll pair that vulnerable child with a, quote, older brother or sister. And so one day over lunch, and we were eating in kind of an outdoor area, you can see it's sort of sunny, it was like 32 Celsius, if you can believe it, just last month in Cambodia. Uh, Darat was, sorry for mentioning that, was, was telling me that he grew up in a very, very poor family. In fact, so poor that the children in the neighborhood didn't want to play with him. And then this ministry called Alongsiders that he now happens to be leading years later arranged for him to have a, quote, older brother walk with him so he would not walk alone. As a young person, Darat came into a relationship with God through a ministry of a local church in Cambodia. And Darat told me that one day the pastor gets up and he announces that he's going to be going to a nearby village to visit with a poor family. And for some reason, Durat raises his hand and says, can I come with you? And so Durat tags along and the pastor and he go to visit this family in this nearby village. And Durat arrives and he sees that the small family is living in this tiny rickety wooden house and that the father has, has just one leg. He's, he's disabled. And as Durat steps into the house, he also sees that the father is embracing his eight-year-old son, Sui, who has a fever. And, and, and the father is just resigned to the fact that his eight-year-old son, Sui, is going to die because he has no money to take him to the hospital and get medical care for him. Durat also tells me that he also hears that there's no mother, there's no wife in the scene because, you know, the disabled husband um, can't, can't work. He's just got one leg. I think we've got a picture of the, 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 the father and the husband. And so she figures, oh, it's too much of a burden for me to be the breadwinner. So she's out of the picture. And so the dad is just holding the son, waiting for him to die. And so the pastor steps forward and and he gives the father some money so that the father is able to take his son to the hospital. And his son's life, his eight-year-old boy's life is literally saved. It's spared. The pastor and Durat continue to visit this family from time to time. 
And, and as Dirat learns about how poor the family is and how Sui, this eight-year-old boy, is shunned by all of the other kids, none of the other kids in the neighborhood want to play with him because he's so poor. Um, Dirat says, I remembered how poor our family was and that no one wanted to play with me. And he told me, that was the first time in my life I was ever thankful for being so poor as a kid because I could relate to this kid and I wanted to help him. I wanted to become his older brother. But Durat told me, but I, you know, being shy, especially at the time, I didn't ask him. I, I, I thought, I'll think about it for a month, pray about it, and then we'll see. So he thinks about it, prays about it for a month, and then goes to the dad and says, I'd like to be your son's quote, older brother, the dad starts crying. He says, why would you want to be his older brother? Dorot says, because I was really poor too. I didn't have any friends growing up. I know what your son is going through. I'd like to be there for him. The dad starts just crying out, tears of joy, and says to Dorot, when my son grows up, I hope he's just like you. Durant tells me that he tries to visit with him about, you know, once a week and that, that he took Sui to the ocean, to the beach for the first time in Sui's life. He'd never been to the beach. He'd never been to the ocean. His dad had never been to the ocean. His grandfather had never been to the ocean. And Durant was also telling me that Sui is now doing pretty well in school and hopes to become the first person ever in his family to go to university. But what moved me most about Dorot's sharing was his saying to me, when I met Sui for the very first time in my life, I was actually thankful that I grew up so poor because I could connect with this kid because it produced in me a compassion I wouldn't otherwise have had. Scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, that on that very first Christmas, the God of the universe, who had been unimaginably wealthy in heaven, decides to become one of us, a human being, and chooses to be born poor. Not in a big city, but in a small town of maybe 100 people. Not in a fancy palace or the ancient equivalent of a private hospital, but probably in a dark cave under the stairs of the cattle, the sheep, and with chicken running around. And after he was born, God as a human being was placed, as Marissa read from Luke 2, in a cattle feeding trough filled with straw. That was his first bed. And like Darat was able to empathize with and come alongside his younger brother, Sui, precisely because he himself had grown up poor. So no matter what you may be facing, whether it's an economic challenge or some kind of physical pain or some kind of emotional loneliness or turmoil or whatever it is, the God of the universe can empathize with you, can come alongside you precisely because he has been in your shoes. He has become a human being who has suffered as you have suffered. 
Jesus, God as a human being, also knew joy, wonder, and awe. And so if you are feeling delight, gratitude, happiness, Jesus experiences these things with you as well. And like the very best of friends, Jesus is someone who can lighten your load and grow your joy. One of the additional names Jesus was given was Emmanuel, which simply means God with us. And despite all the bad news we're hearing in the world, at Christmas, we have reason to celebrate because the God of the universe has become one of us, a human being who can identify with us, who can walk alongside us. At Christmas, we have reason to celebrate because we are not alone. God is with us. And if you would like the God of the universe who came for you as a human being to walk alongside you tonight and in the years to come and to lighten your burden and to grow your joy, I invite you to pray a prayer that I pray every Christmas. It's the prayer reflected in the lyrics of A Christmas Carol. I'll read this as a prayer. If it expresses your heart, I'll read it once more. And you can pray it with me in your spirit if you'd like. But listen to these words and consider making them your prayer. O holy child of Bethlehem, and that holy child would be Jesus, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in be born in me this day. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. God is here tonight, and God can walk alongside you, not just at Christmas Eve but throughout your whole life. And if you would like to pray this prayer because it expresses your desire to have God walk alongside you, in the silence of your spirit, you can pray this to your God, your creator, to Jesus. I'll pray it phrase by phrase and you can pray it after me in your heart. O holy child of Bethlehem, remember you're praying now to Jesus if you're praying. Descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me this day. We hear the Christmas angels. The great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us. Our Lord, Emmanuel. Amen.